Hi, you're listening to Home Talk with Greg McKim on Tuesday, October 1st, 2019. It looks like our weather is rolling back a month here, doesn't it, Eric? Rolling back? Well, I mean, this is yeah, three or four days ago, it was it seemed like the Arctic chill had hit, <laughs> the Arctic blast. Yeah, it's been kind of up and down because we had like 70 degrees last week or something like yeah. that. And now it's like 52 or something like that. So. Well, today I'm, I'm yeah. tempted, to, uh, as I was walking my dogs this morning past our community pool, it looked like it was. It looked like it had its own cloud layer because you know the heat. Yeah. And I thought it's nice enough. Maybe later day, maybe I'll dip in there because we keep it about eight. We need to turn that thing off. We're wasting some energy, right? <laughs> so um, this is again October first, two thousand nineteen. If you're listening on a different date, that means that I, I, I am rebroadcasting the show from today. By the way, my name is Greg McKim. I'm your host. And what is home talk? If you've not listened to before um, to the show before. We talk about just about anything related to owning a home, which would include buying and selling homes, financing a home, insuring a home, maintenance, remodeling, new construction, rental properties, flipping properties, real estate development, single-family homes, condos, you name it. If it's related to home, we talk about it. A little bit of my background, I've been in real estate-related industry since the late 1970s. My experience started with swinging a hammer and digging for foundations. And, um, and then I got in the mortgage business in 1991, owned a mortgage company for 10 years in the 2000s. I'm currently a licensed loan originator with Loanzilla. We're a local mortgage broker. My origination license number is 106202, and the Loanzilla license is 67412. I know that the listening audience is pretty fascinated by that, but I have to tell you. Those are regulations. I'm also a licensed real estate broker with Rockwell Realty. That's a firm that's also local, and I've known the owner for over 40 years. I like to work with small local companies. It's just my nature. Why do I do this show? My goal for this show is to use my experience, my knowledge, to help people make good financial decisions about buying, selling, and owning homes. There are other shows like this, and this might sound a little little bit, um, that's the word I'm looking for, arrogant, but I really think my show's unique. And the reason I think it's unique because I talk about things that I don't hear the people talk about. I like to say that I pull back the curtain and you get to see the real Wizard of Oz. And Eric, I think you can attest to that. Eric, by the way, is my producer. You've heard things that I talk about you haven't heard anywhere else, right? That's right. That's right. Okay, good job. <laughs> <laughs> but there's truth to that. You're not just you're not yes. just saying that to placate me, right? No, there there is definitely truth like to that, and often you are delivering the unvarnished truth, if I can put it in a ah. as nice a way as possible. <laughs> I like the way you put that. Yeah, yeah. it. I've been in the industry a long time, and I've seen things that I don't think are particularly consumer oriented, and I really have an issue with that. I I I make a a, a concentrated effort to educate people the way that I would want to be educated about the topics. So the first 10 minutes of show today, we're going to talk about the mortgage interest rate environment, real estate, and a little bit about some news, things that I think are newsworthy. And then after about the first 10 minutes, I'm going to introduce two people who are online. We have Jordan Smid and we have Ken Prestigard. Um, Jordan, are you calling from Calgary right now? Uh, sure am, yep. Yep. And, and Ken, are you up in Alaska? I'm in Alaska, yes. Okay, and they represent um, Jordan. I think Jordan, you run or are part owner in Falkbuild, correct? 
uh, yeah, in charge of operations and the project ex- execution side of the business. Okay, and Ken, you are a licensed distributor of their product line, correct? Yes, uh, we're a factory branch. We're a factory direct in Alaska and Washington. So this show that we're going to be talking with Jordan and Ken, we're talking about a digital component construction product that I'm not super versed in, but um, Jordan clearly is, and so are, so is Ken. And the reason I'm bringing this to the listening audience's attention is because I know there are people out there looking to build homes, either for their own use or builders. And this is a product that can is an improvement over standard building practices. Now, I do have some experience in this, having built homes way back. So I understand a little bit about building construction, but I'll let them talk in much more detail about what they have to offer. And we'll get back to you guys in about 10 minutes, okay? Okay, thank you. Wonderful. Sounds good. So let's do a little blurb about people like to ask me, Greg, what are interest rates doing? So I typically have an answer. And the answer today is they haven't changed much at all last month. Now, you might have heard that the Federal Reserve cut short-term interest rates. That's true. But short-term interest rates are not directly tied to home mortgage rates. In fact, right after the Federal Reserve cut short-term rates, 30-year mortgage rates jumped about an eighth to a quarter. That's pretty standard. And I've explained this on the show, but before, I'll do it again. When the, sh- when the Federal Reserve cuts short-term rates, the purpose is to try to stimulate the economy. If he's effective or they are effective, that means that long-term investments in bonds are, are not as attractive, and those 30-year mortgage rates have to go up because the bond investors say, I'm not going to buy those bonds unless the rates give me a higher return. That's what happened. Now, they've come back into line, and they're almost exactly the same today. Well, today is, what, October 1st? As the last time that I did a live show, I haven't been on for a while. I've been out, out of town on a bunch of family matters. The last time I did a live show, it looks like August 27th. It's a while back, isn't it, Eric? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're and, glad to have you back live. Well, thank you. And um, they are, they're, so, they're, they're virtually identical as they were then. So... Don't pay a lot of attention to exactly what the Federal Reserve is doing on a short-term basis. If the Federal Reserve is cutting short-term interest rates, that means the Federal Reserve is concerned about the long-term economic growth. And long-term, that probably means that your, that your mortgage rates are going to stay stable. They might bump up a little bit, but they usually don't drop significantly. So that's if you have any questions, by the way, during the show, you can feel free to call me at 425, or call the station, I should say, 425 425- Three seven three five five two seven again four two five three seven three five five two seven. My name is Greg, and you can reach me off air at two zero six two five zero six five four five. Again two zero six two five zero six five four five. You can reach me at email at g mckim. That's g m c k i m at loanzilla dot com or visit loanzilla dot com. And you can listen to this or prior shows by podcast at 1150kknw.com under audio archives. By the way, one other point I want to make about interest rates. So the lender that I've been using as a benchmark since well, I started the show in January is a lender that Loanzilla is approved to do business with. They're a wholesale lender out of Michigan called Wholesale, excuse me, United Wholesale Mortgage. You can only obtain loans through mortgage brokers like Loanzilla. When you want it, if, if from United Wholesale, they don't have a retail presence. So, th- even though interest rates generally across the board, it doesn't matter what lender you go to, move in the same directions, 
sometimes lenders increase the cost of their interest rates. We call that the price. And again, this is a recap in case you never heard before or you don't remember, but all the lenders have the same interest rates with some exceptions. But most loans, 90% of all loans are funded by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And those lenders that offer those loans, that's the most, that's the most competitive, best rate you can get. They have the same rates because those rates are established by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, not by the lenders. So what, the difference between one lender and another is not the rate, it's the cost of the rate. So United Wholesale, and this is, this is, a re- this is an interesting point that I want to make, maybe not so interesting to the general public, but it is to me, Eric. <laughs> so you might shop around. And United Wholesale, as a mortgage broker, we shop them. We shop when we compare them to other lenders, like Provident Funding that we approve with. And f- even though everybody's rates move in the j- same general direction, all of a sudden United Wholesale's pricing goes up a little bit, even though everybody else's went down. Why? Because United Wholesale decided that they want to slow down their business. They've got, they've got too much. They want to make sure they can handle it. So that's one of the big advantages of shopping with a mortgage broker. We're approved with about 12 lenders. We know who's doing what right now. You go into one place that only offers one loan, they may have decided at that point they're going to raise their fees slightly, and you don't get the benefit of them looking someplace else for you. That's what we do. By the way, back in the late 2000s, maybe 2007 it was, mortgage brokers generated 56% of all home loans in the United States. As a mortgage broker, when I owned McKim Mortgage, we were approved with 100 lenders, including lenders everybody's heard of, Bank of America, Chase, Wells Fargo, Bear Stearns, no longer around. Lehman Brothers, no longer around. A lot of others that are no longer around. So what we would do is shop them all. Now, after the mortgage meltdown, it dropped to roughly 7% of loans were generated through mortgage brokers. It's back up to 20% now, and it's moving upward. And that's, here's why. Consumers, as a general rule, not always, but as a general rule, consumers are served better by mortgage brokers than big banks mainly because we're usually local, more service-oriented, more one-on-one, and we can shop for you. Also, the people who work for lenders, we call them loan originators and processors, usually have a better working environment at small mortgage brokers. They're usually personal. They're not so corporate. And we're growing. Um, we're, we're hoping, and United Wholesale is a big proponent of this. They're the largest wholesale lender in the United States now. Our goal is to get up to, back up to the 40 50% range over the next five years because consumers are served better by it. By the way, I've run past my 10 minutes that I was going to talk because I always find something to go off on, right? <laughs> never, never at a loss for words. <laughs> well, it is a talk show. Yeah, that's what it's all about, yeah. So I, I had some other news stories I was going to talk about, but if we go way into those, I'm going to cut into Jordan and Ken's time, and I don't want to do that. So let's jump right into that. If we may, I would like to go ahead and you, Ken or Jordan, you can take the lead. Please introduce yourself to the audience, a little bit about your background, and each, after you've both done that, then I'll let you, I might ask you some questions and so forth, but I'll let you introduce what you're offering through Falk, a little bit of history of it, where you see it going, what you're doing today, and some specific examples of how you help, you know, in, uh, the efficiencies and improve the overall building standards. Does that sound good to you guys? Perfect. That sounds, sounds great. I'll let uh, Ken lead us off here, uh, Age Before Beauty. <laughs> so this is Ken, <laughs> this is, this is Ken Prestegard of Paragon. And um, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead, Ken. It's yours. Yes, yes. Our, our, our new company has a branch. It's actually built, and it's pretty exciting. We've been early adopters in the 
prefabs construction industry since 2005. Okay. Are, are, you're, is, you're fading in and out a little bit. Is there? Are you are you on a regular phone or a mobile? I'll try talking closer to the phone. That's that did it right there. Okay. Can you repeat what you just said? Because I lost part of it. Sure, sure. Name of our company is Falk Built. Okay. And what we do is conventional construction on steroids. So. Uh, digital component construction is the official terminology. We design in a computer, build in a factory, and then assemble on-site beautiful, beautiful interiors that uh, regular conventional construction cannot achieve. Uh, it, the, the, the build off-site and install on-site is becoming very huge in the construction industry uh, because it can streamline schedules, uh, get the job uh, opened up and done before uh, conventional can. If we're working in healthcare, we can get that hospital bed, get a patient back in that bed about a third or as fast as conventional construction. So there's a lot of advantages, not only just the beautiful fit and finish, but also the speed of construction. And uh, uh, as our branches, we have a branch in Alaska and Washington, and our main factory is in Calgary, Alberta, kind of an incubator for digital component construction. You, you're have, breaking uh, up a little again, Ken. I don't know if you've, if you've moved your phone around a little bit, but I, I'm, you're fading in and out a little bit again. Okay, sorry about that. So, okay. Um, why don't I uh, talk to Jordan at this, and he can talk a little bit about the, the, the factory and the thing. Yeah, that's good, because I am losing you, which is disappointing, because I, I I don't know if I if everybody else will be able to hear you. I, I've tracked a little bit, but I was losing you. Uh, Eric, were okay. you having a little bit of a hard time, too, Eric? Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's switch it over, and maybe you can figure out a, a different way to get the phone going, Ken, okay? Okay. Hi, Jordan. Hey. So, yeah, Ken, uh, the amount that I got there, he was cutting out on me as well, but um, he covered it pretty well about what uh, digital component construction is, uh, talking about it being conventional construction on steroids. Um, I've actually worked with Ken uh, for probably the last 14 years. Um, I got my start after finishing um, business and entrepreneurship here in Calgary with Dirt Environmental Solutions, where we uh, focused on modular construction. Mm -hmm. uh, we started and grew that company to what it is today, a half-billion-dollar company. And um, as of February, I've been a uh, Falker. So I was a dirtbag, and now I'm a Falker, proudly, huh. proudly with both titles. And um, uh, I'm in charge, as noted earlier, of the operations of the business and uh, basically customer service and project execution to make sure uh, all the promises that we send out there uh, come to fruition. Well, let's stop for a second for the audience and give them your website, which is falkbuilt.com. That's F-A-L-K-B-U-I-L-T.com, falkbuilt.com. So um, if, as a listener, if you're, if, if you're most of the, the, the target audience today really are builders, but there might be a homeowner out there that's thinking about building a custom home and has never heard of different ways to do it. Um, Jordan, would you say that this is an application for residential homes or more multi-unit, multi-family, um, commercial, or both? I would say both. I mean, for sure, our focus is on uh, commercial, big focus on healthcare and uh, education. Mm -hmm. um, but we definitely have our eyes on residential, um, small to large scale as well. Um, you know, I've worked with Ken on projects similar to that in the past, on our past life, and there's no reason that we can't do it with the digital component approach in this new life. Can you talk a little bit, elaborate about your background with dirt? Because you, most people have never heard of dirt that are in the general. Some of the builders out there may, who are listening today may have heard of them. But can you talk a little bit about what dirt, because how they're different than, say, for instance, than from Falk? Absolutely, yeah. So dirt, which stands for doing a right 
um, we really focused on modular construction. So we created prefab uh, panels and skins uh, in the factory, um, prefab on the truck to the job site for quick installation, really good, beautiful-looking spaces, and it was a great approach. Um, and there's certainly a place for modular in the world, and, you know, Dirt is the leader of modular interior construction in that industry. So mm-hmm. very proud of that, and we definitely missed that. Oops, I just lost I just lost um, you, Jordan. Just lost you for a second. You lost, how, how's that now? That's good now, yeah. Okay, so well, like I said, we're definitely missed our friends and family at Dirt, and there's definitely a place for modular construction, but... Um, how okay, let's talk a little bit about, about uh, when you say about modular construction, just for the listening audience, this is what it means to me. Say I used to build houses, and we would take you know, a big dump of lumber, you know, two by fours, two by sixes, you name it, two by eights, and then we would, we would have a plan, and we'd cut things to, 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 to meet the plan, nail them together, sometimes screw them, and then erect it. But for certain things, we didn't do that. For instance... When we built the roof, a lot of time we'd have a piece come in that was already pre-made. It's called a truss. You guys know what I'm talking about. So we didn't have to construct that. And so that's, that's a, that, that would be a modular component, correct? Something that's already built at a factory, shipped, and then you utilize that already, already prefabbed piece of, of material or, 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 or structure, correct, Jordan? Correct. And we'd use, we used our uh, patented software called ICE to design it. So everything had its part in place on the job site. When it showed up, we knew right where it needed to go. I installed really, really quickly uh, on the interiors, and it came ready with the electrical and healthcare components in it uh, right out the chute. So that allowed for quick installation on the job site. Okay, so that's how we did. The the example I use with the trusses, give me some examples when you talk about dirt, and then we'll we'll segue into um, also, obviously, fall, because that's what we're talking about, is is interior. So I'm thinking about, you know, inside of a house, you have walls, right? So you would have yep. these walls already made, ready to go, just to, e- to erect them. You didn't have to build them on the spot. Is that is that the general idea? You got it. So you have, uh, it, it, with dirt, it was aluminum modules that would come in, stand into place, whether they're three foot or four feet, and they had all the power already ready to rock inside of the, the ah. walls. Okay. Um, the layout would go up, the frames would go up, and then lastly, your tiles would go on and finish the job uh, for installation. Okay. Now, how, how is Falk different? And elaborate, if you wouldn't mind, a little bit, Jordan on digital component construction, that part of it that Ken mentioned at the beginning, how it's computerized or something that I'm not quite f- clear on. Yeah. So, so digital component construction is a lot more in line with the conventional construction approach where you're coming to site with a bill of materials, parts, and pieces, um, not full modules. Um, so to give you an example, on a truckload, you could send about 780 linear feet of uh, solid wall modules in a modular approach. Um, we're sending over 2,300 lineal feet in a digital component approach because uh, our stuff comes knocked down. Um, but unlike conventional construction, everything's smart. Everything has a place. It knows where it's going, and it allows for um, a quick installation process on the job site once it shows up. And most importantly, there's no leftover waste uh, of material that gets thrown in the garbage after the fact because everything was planned using um, our technology, which we call uh, Echo Software. Okay, so I'm going to back up a little bit then, because you went kind of fast, you fade in and out a little bit, and plus it's help, it helps for me to understand it. Maybe it'll help my audience understand it. So go back to where I would have a truckload of lumber dumped, and then we would measure it, you know, cut it with a saw, erect it, versus dirt had a complete piece already done, a wallet, say, that you would just erect. What you're, yep. you're, you're a blend between them where you say, okay, we're going we're gonna to have all the pieces already pre-cut, ready for the wiring to run through it or anything else that needs to be in, installed with inside the walls, right? And we're going to yep. deliver those pieces, and you can erect those, but you, it's not going to come already c- 
um, com- or put to- it's not going to be come together already fabricated like dirt does, right? That that's correct. Now it will be. It actually will be prefabricated, but just in components knocked down. Okay. So you'll build it on the job site versus constructing constructing it in completely in the factory before it leaves the factory. So what are the advantages and disadvantages of both these different approaches? The dirt approach where they send a complete modular component versus the Falk system where they send pieces that they'll then be um, you know put together on the site. Um, the advantages starting with um, the digital component construction is definitely we we built our business around some pillars and these pillars are cost, speed of construction, acoustics sustainability and design and and why those are important is because we took what we learned from you know our previous life and a lot of experience from different industries and we said how can we make it less expensive to build and how can we do it faster and how can we do better for acoustics and and we solved all those problems with the digital component approach um and and by doing that the sustainability comes along with it because you're not throwing materials in the garbage and it's obviously got to look good or it doesn't make sense to do that so we were able to that's the benefits of component construction by coming in and taking up less space on a truck when you ship it. Again, that 2,300 lineal feet on a truck versus 780 lineal feet. Oh, okay. Let's, let, your, I'm going to stop you right there because that was a part that you, you talked about. Okay, so when you have a modular piece already put together and you put it on a truck, it takes up volume because there's space there, right? Yeah, there's air. You're there's air. air yeah. Okay, so that's, that, is a, that is a factor when you're shipping because shipping costs money. Major factor, especially when you're shipping from, um, you know, Calgary uh, down to, you know, Atlanta or the southern states or even up to Alaska, right? That's a long way to go. And that also, um, it, it, that also has a sustainability um, factor, if you will, because less carbon, less trucking, less carbon in the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, like, and when you get to the job site, you're also not throwing materials in the garbage like you would see on a conventional job site. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm away from that right now, but I'm thinking, I, I was trying to figure out... Why it would make more sense to send the pieces and then put them together than to have them already put together? But now I, I get that the shipping is a big part of it. So we started. You had four pillars, and I'm gonna have to. I, I think I was writing about it as fast as I could, Jordan. One was cost. Yep. Okay. Then was what was the second one? Speed of construction. Speed of construction when you're actually on the site, right? Yeah, which okay. also will impact the cost as well. Of course, yeah. Shorter amount of time you're on the job site, obviously it's going to be less money. Acoustic qualities. Yeah, acoustics. Yeah. And then it's the sustainability. Sustainability, okay. and then the last one is actually five is design because it does look good. Then why do it in the first place? So that was number five, really. So it's five pillars or not? Five pillars. You got it. What was the fifth one again, please? Design. Oh, so actually aesthetic, aesthetic appeal, right? I mean, does it look nice? You got it. Yeah. yeah. People, people kind of like looking. You know, they like living nice spaces. You know, I, every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. So we're 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 past the days of the thatched mud huts. So um. Cost. Let's talk about cost a little bit. So right now, if you were to say compare yourself, your your big competitors, of course, the biggest competitor still is the traditional way of building because it's just so entrenched in the mindset. Everybody, that's one of your competitors. Another competitor is your past company, Dirt, because they have the modular. So let's compare digital component construction through Falk to those those two entities and just talk about the the, the actual cost of that that first pillar, if you want, if you will. Um, well, for one, the uh, amount of materials that goes into. Solution versus a modular solution is way way less, and we're also using materials that's a lot more in line with what the conventional world is used to: um, steel versus aluminum, and like I said, less kit of parts and pieces. So that's a huge starting cost savings right there um, versus the modular approach. Uh, and then as it relates to um, speed of install and how much it actually costs to build it, 
Um, we've actually been doing tests, and we're coming in quicker than both modular and conventional construction. Um, and we've only been going here for about eight months. So we've uh, so that's, we'll big that was the pil- that was pillar two, the speed. Let's go back to the cost real quick. So um, dirt uses aluminum. Yeah. And part you 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 bring up waste periodically. See, in my mind, when you get a modular component, you don't have any waste because it fits right in. But you've brought it up several times. So there must be some waste there. So how how does the waste come into play, Jordan, with the um, modular? Where is it? The, the waste factor is a lot more in relation to comparing to conventional construction. Mm-hmm. But there, yeah, with with the modular approach and the digital approach, they're both seeing major benefits. Uh, in not having a, a lot of fall off on the job site, so those are those are both winning ways to build uh, when you're wanting to reduce waste. Is is the amount of waste comparable between falk built and dirt? Um, we generally compare to the modular approach to the digital component approach, and I would I would say we have seen uh, wins on the digital component approach already. Um, less cutoffs of material um, that end up in a landfill, um, right. but like I said, the modular approach is pretty pretty good. Already, All right, so. so. Both of them are way above conventional building practices, obviously. Absolutely. And, and, the, and yeah. the digital component, and I'll, I'll make sure I focus attention on that. That that's a computerized way of of of, of, of making sure that all the pieces are the right size, right? That's what you when you talk about digital component, correct, Jordan? Exactly. You got okay. it. All right, and that's slightly better, it looks like, than the modular approach, but not significant. But it is better, right? Yeah. Well, like you said, you're seeing the savings on the the freight and then the on-site build. We've actually. Okay. Proven to be faster than modular as well, so that when you okay. talk about cost, which is what you were talking to, yes, that cost on the job site, uh, cost of labor is where your big savings are going to be because that's what the expensive part of building is. Well, it seems like there'd be three components of the cost. One is the actual cost of the material itself, steel versus aluminum. I don't have a I don't have a picture on that. I mean, do, are those things comparable? Do they go up back? Do they do they go up and down based on you know cost of steel and aluminum? Or, no, they definitely fluctuate, but okay. uh, steel is definitely, we're definitely finding uh, savings uh, going with steel. Right. And again, what the industry is used to. Okay, then your other is the way you guys fabricate it, because you have labor costs and other overhead for, to fabricate and make the, the components, correct? Yep. Okay, so the, and that, yep. does that tend to be less than the modular approach? Uh, yeah, because we're doing the uh, assembly on the job site, and because we found a quicker way to do it on the job site as well, right. uh, we're seeing savings on the labor side, uh, both in the factory on on the job site as well. Okay. The other cost component, of course, is the shipping. So whoever is purchasing the materials typically pays for the shipping, or if they don't, you're building it into the cost to, to sell it to them. Some somebody's paying for it, but it's ultimately the consumer, right? Yeah. The, the end you user. Got it. Yeah. The freight yep. yep. in yep. both situations. And then the last one is the actual on-site labor to construct. And you're finding that your system of having the components constructed there is actually faster to to, insta- to erect and install than the than the than the modular ones. Is that what you're telling me? That is what I'm telling you. Yeah, we found a lot of materials, and once that final piece of sort of wall finish goes on to the wall, it adds structure and it actually provides the acoustical feel on it. Whereas with a modular approach, uh, you have to go in and do the acoustical seals after the fact. Uh, a big step that adds a lot of time on the job site. So we've seen a, a huge okay. uh, reduction. In now, that was a little technical for well. me, but I'm going to say that anybody out there who's a contractor or developer builder who's listening to the show and wants to learn more about it, definitely go to the falkbuilt.com site, F-A-L-K. That's Frank Apple Larry Kite, built.com. Learn more about that component part of it because it seems counterintuitive to me that if you have to erect things, it's going to be more labor-intensive, but I'm going to believe you guys that you know what you're doing and that it's not. <laughs> okay. Well, and you know, the you factory did, not, a, not alone did a great test. Um, they did a 15-foot bulk wall compared to a conventional drywall wall, 
and I believe that bulk was completed in one hour time. And since our finishes are finished in the factory, as soon as we install that cladding, we're done. It took 15 more minutes for the conventional wall to, to be done, but it still needed to be mudded, taped, textured, and painted. So it, there's a huge, huge speed advantage in installing bulk. Now, I can see that compared to stick built. I was just wondering about how it compared to, um, you know, a, a modular piece. It seemed like the modular piece are going faster, but it seems, unless I misunderstood you, Jordan. Well, it, well, here's the difference. Yeah. Um, they've incorporated um, more, or I, I should say less materials into the fault product, and there is less parts and pieces to put together on a fault system than a modular system. Wow. With the modular system, you got to worry about uh, acoustical gaskets and all this other kind of stuff, where our acoustical gaskets are already come, coming installed from the factory, and that, that just, just saves okay. tons and tons of time. So, again, this is way over my pay grade to understand acoustical gaskets. I mean, I get a general idea, acoustic, sound, right? But um, yep. you, you guys can show, you can demonstrate this, and this is why I keep bringing up the website, for builders, developers out there who are looking for ways to cut costs, improve the product quality, have a leg up on their competition. This is a product they definitely want to, to, to explore. Um, sustainability, that's a big deal in this day and age, all across the board. We talked about it briefly, about shipping, you know, burning oil, trying to keep carbon out of our environment, not having waste, you know, not only from the standpoint of not filling landfills, but also... The, the materials, every time you dig something out of the ground and, 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 you, and, you, and you manufacture it, it, it leaves a carbon footprint. And then last but not least, design. So how flexible are you? Because, you know, a lot of builders I talk to, well, I don't want to have these components come in so forth. I want to be able to do whatever I want on the job site. But, I mean, is there, are there any limitations or restrictions on what if somebody wanted to build, say, you know, a turret or a, a geodesic dome or, you know, a perfect sphere, <laughs> something really crazy? Are there any limitations? Can you do just about anything? We definitely are uh, ready and set up to do custom mm -hmm. um, using current technologies, Autodesk, Adventure Plus, one that we are on. Um, so I'm not going to say we can build anything, but we definitely don't like to say no. So customers, uh, architects, designers come to us with their designs. Uh, we look at it and we give a yay or a nay. And if it's a nay, it's, we can't do that, but there's we can provide. Um, so we have done some pretty funky things uh, okay. already in our in our eight months that we've been. And some around. of it's give and take. I mean, if an architect has a plan they really like, but they see that the costs are prohibitive, they might give on that and figure out a way to incorporate yours, or they might just say, you know, this is a project. Cost is no object. We don't care. I mean, no, you know, it's not it's not a concern. So it's like anything else. Okay, let's just take a quick break. It's about uh, three thirty four, and I'll talk to you guys a little bit off air while we're doing that, Eric. Yeah. And so if you just dialed in, you're listening to Home Talk with Greg McKim, the show where we cover home ownership from A to Z. We air on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock here on 1150 AM KKNW. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, everyone. Al Roker here. As a guy with his own catchphrase, I appreciate that after 75 years, Smokey's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But I'm filling in because there's a lot more to report. Like when it's dry or windy. Be careful burning yard waste, because wildfires can even start in your neck of the woods. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. What's one of your favorite memories? 
Hmm, let's see. Well, there was this one time I went snorkeling in the Caribbean when I was a kid. It really just blew my mind. I mean, when you're sitting on the beach, it's so peaceful and you sort of forget there's a whole other world under there just full of all kinds of life. We saw the most beautiful corals. I remember thinking they were waving at us as they moved with the ocean. And then there were all these amazing fish. They kind of reminded me of tropical birds. They were so bright and colorful, just darting all over the place like birds in the sky. I'll never forget it. It completely changed the way I look at the ocean. Most of us have a memory of being in nature we'll never forget. Let's protect the world's natural places so more memories can be made for generations to come. Visit worldwildlife.org. Three, two, one. Oh no. Which button am I? Oh. When every second counts, you can't wing it. Uh, guys, a little help up here? In a home fire, you may have less than two minutes to get out. So make a family home fire escape plan. Then practice home fire drills at least twice a year so everyone knows what to do when they hear. Prepare your family at ready.gov slash fire drill. Brought to you by FEMA, the Ag Council, and Make Safe Happen. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. Welcome back to Home Talk with Greg McKim. Beautiful, sunny, warm October 1st day. Today I have two guests on the show, Jordan Smid and Ken Prestigard from Falkbilt out of Calgary. Falkbilt is a digital component construction company, which if you've been listening to the show, you have a little bit more of an idea on, because if I were to start telling you exactly how it works right now, I'd probably be slightly, slightly rough. So um, what, before the break, we talked about the history of Jordan and Ken with a prior company that did component building materials and how um, the new company they have, Falkbilt, is significantly different and improved upon that. Not that that other type of material or approach to construction isn't still valid. And what they're trying to accomplish and how the cost savings, sustainability, acoustic improvements over other interior building um, components. So during the break, we, 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 we discussed, Jordan and Ken and I discussed some other points we'd like to bring to the listening audience. Uh, one would be the environment at Falk for the employees. Uh, Jordan mentioned that he's, they're very focused on having a, a positive work culture and a positive customer experience. The next thing we're going to talk a little bit about is exactly what he means by digital component construction and how the computer lends itself and how, how they use that to make, their, uh, to make a superior product. Uh, third, they're gonna, he's going to give some examples of, of why different builders have chosen their building system as opposed to the traditional or modular. And last but not least about the direction the industry is heading and, and how this is um, shaping and moving the direction away from traditional building. Is that, is those are four points we discussed, you guys, at the break? Yep. Okay. Yep. So why don't you start, Jordan, with the environment, the work environment. By the way, I'm going to preface this real quick. The, at the beginning of my show, I talked about a lender that I work with at Loanzilla called United Wholesale Mortgage. Last September in 18, I went back for three days of training. They, 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 they put us up, flew us back there. And when I was back there last September, I've, it's, they're about an hour north of Detroit. And I never in my entire life ever thought that I'd want to live in Michigan. I was so blown away by the work culture there. It's, I seriously considered 
selling my house here, first I might apply for a job. Apply for a job at United Wholesale and move there. Then I went back last week for another two days of training, and I had the exact same feeling. There is something about working in an environment where people are constantly lifting each other up, moving in the same direction, have the same vision idea, and don't just say that they care, but really do. It's exciting. It's motivating. It's fun to be around. It makes you feel alive. And that's the kind of company that I like to do business with. That's one of the reasons why at Loanzilla we like to send loans to United Wholesale because we know that those people there care about what they do. They are taken care of by their company. I'm the same way as a consumer. I would much rather spend my money or bank with or send my business to some place where I know the people who work there are being treated fairly, humanely, and in a wonderful way rather than give my money to somebody else. That's just my nature. Maybe not everybody thinks the same way. So I'm going to let Jordan talk a little bit about his philosophy about how they run the company at Falkbuild. Go ahead, Jordan. Uh, so, Greg, this is an official invite to Calgary because if you want that feeling again, you've got to stop by Falkbuild. That's exactly Now I'd have to think get. about selling my house and moving to Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> and you, once you come here and you, you see them, you won't want to leave. You know, it's a little cold at the times, but it's worth it. <laughs> wow. You know, I mean, I, yeah, that's a neat thing. Um, so that's the type of environment that, that you guys created there and you want to keep sustaining, right? Absolutely, and we love bringing our customers in, not to show them the fashion, to show them the stuff. We bring them to Calgary to show them the culture. Losing exactly you a little bit. Make sure you're right about. on top of your phone here, Jordan. So to show, yeah. sh- to show the culture, to show the people, the interaction, <laughs> to get to know people, that's a great thing. That's, so you got it. Have and, you got, and now, then I, got, I, I got the phone in my head here, so hopefully it's uh, there we go. through. Okay, when we talked a little bit about the product earlier, we had five pillars, cost, speed, acoustic, sustainability, and design. You got pillars. You have pillars at the work for working environment. Who we are as a company. Can you share those with us? Would you feel comfortable doing that? I mean, the big one for us yeah. is is we have very high expectations of our people, and we work really, really hard. Um, but we also have that play hard environment. And but the other big one on top of that is um, we're very customer focused. Every decision that gets made at every level is is this in the best interest of the customer. Um, our CEO, one of his favorite expressions is, I'd gladly spend $1,000 to fix a $100 mistake because at the end of the day, our, the way we work, run our business is that if our people are taken care of and our customers are taken care of, everything else will follow. And I think that when our guests come into our space, that's something they, uh, they really feel when they walk through and they, they're greeted by our, our people in the office, but also the people on the factory floor. Everybody gets sort of treated the same um, no matter where they are in the business. You know, we could go way off on a tangent, so I'm going to try and keep it short here. This is a big thing to me, what you just talked about. I grew up, when I was going to college in my early 20s, I worked for a company called Nordstrom. You ever heard of Nordstrom? The shoe store? A little bit. Okay. They built their company based on a philosophy that not many other department stores had at the time, way back at the start of the 20s, and then they emulated, which was every sale is a relationship, not a transaction. So they had an unlimited, no questions asked policy, because they started as a lady's shoe store. Lady bought a pair of shoes. She could bring it back and return it for a full refund. No questions asked, no matter what. No matter what the condition the shoe was, didn't matter. Why? Because they said we'd rather eat the one shoe, 50 bucks, and have that client for life. Now, a lot of companies say that, but did they really do it? Nordstrom did, and they became one of the most successful stories in retail apparel in history. That's I've built my entire business philosophy around that, and I not don't want to put words in your mouth, Jordan, but my, my idea, and see if you agree with me, is you want relationships, not transactions. Well, we've, uh, you know, like I said, we just started this thing in February, and 
and we're currently installing a $350,000 project uh, in the United States as we speak in a fully functioning factory in such a short period of time. We did that all because of the relationships that we had and because they know that no matter at what stage we're at, we will they will be taken care of and the job will be completed uh, perfect and we won't walk off the job site till it is. Um, so I you like know, what your company founder said. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly spend a thousand bucks to fix a hundred dollar mistake, and the reason for that is yeah. because he wants to develop a relationship. He wants to have that customer come back, refer other people. It's a relationship oriented philosophy, correct, Jordan? Yeah, absolutely, and that that will drive our business. And then as far as the employees go, same thing. You have a relationship with the employees, helping them find <laughs> meaning and purpose in their work. I'm, I'm, parif- I'm, I'm maybe putting your words in mouth again, but would you agree that that's the approach you take to things? Absolutely. You're, you're all over it. All right. So I kind of spoke for you, but those are the types of things that you seem to convey just in what you were saying. I was reading between the lines. Is that all right with you? Absolutely. No, like I said, you, you've got it. You see where we're coming from, and, and you realize that that's what makes successful business, and, and so do we. By the way, audience, I, I've never talked to Jordan before in my life until today. The reason I've connected to him is because I know Ken. And I know Ken wouldn't be associated with him unless he did have that type of philosophy and, and mentality. So let's go on to the next one. Where I asked if, just elaborate a little bit on what you say, digital comp- component construction, using computers. Uh, I, I don't know much about this sort of thing, but, you know, they have what's called what CAD, computer-assisted uh, design. And um, so how does this differ, say, the old days? You know, the old days are really old, by the way. But, you know, I just get a, get, we'd get some blueprints, and then we'd start, you know, cutting pieces of wood and building a house. What do you do now? How do you use the computer to change that? Um, well, I noted earlier that we're developing our own intern, uh, internal software called Echo. Mm-hmm. And the technology that exists now that didn't exist 15 years ago, we can build all new design and uh, company platforms to design and execute on a project from beginning to end using you know cloud-based technology, artificial intelligence for design, uh, integrating with the existing softwares that are already out there, like Revit, which the world already uses uh, for design, and um, Autodesk tools like AutoCAD and Inventor. Um, and then this software that we're developing will actually tie everything together. Um, so when you design it and you build it in the software, that's what hits the factory floor, and that's what hits the job site as designed, as viewed in a 3D model, or in our world, we actually do full virtual reality walkthroughs of the space. You can actually put on a headset, walk through the space, and then once you show up to the job site, it's exactly what you've designed in the software, and you know that because you've seen it in the virtual world. Okay, let's back up. A couple of thoughts come to mind. Let's just say that so, a, a, a contractor right now is listening to this show, and he's, and he's probably he's way more familiar with these terms than I am. I, you know, use some software acronyms. So since he's already familiar with using with, I don't know what it was called, Revit or something like that, he's, he uses Revit, that yeah. or his, his designer or his architect uses it. These things, they talk to each other so, so that you don't have to start from scratch. So they're working on it, and it integrates with your software so that, they, that you guys, you aren't re- you're not starting from scratch every single time you're trying to design something. Would that be a good way to, to, to frame it, Jordan? That's, that's a perfect way okay. to frame it. We're using existing systems uh, so we don't have to change the way the world works. Got it. That makes a lot of sense to me because people are resistant to change, especially if you're in the middle of, if you're busy and doing things, because every time you change anything, it's a learning curve and it takes time and money. So, yep. so, and, so and, what and, we're doing is we're talking the architect's language, and so they don't have to learn our language. That They're already using this technology and so they're totally embracing it because that's what they're doing already today. Is this unique to what Falkbilt is doing compared to some of your competitors and other other 
like modular companies and so forth out there? Yeah, I, I would modular. say modular systems are a mystery to architects and general contractors because it doesn't talk the language of conventional construction. Ah. And that's where Falk is light years ahead of, of the modular industry. Okay, again, any contractors, builders, developers out there who are just tuning in and you, this piques your interest, go to falkbuilt.com. That's F-A-L-K-B-U-I-L-T.com. Learn more about it. Another thing I would like to do, we got some time, yeah, we got time, is just one or two examples, Jordan and or Ken, of things, you know, why, say, a, a warehouse or a school or a hospital chose your product versus your competitors? What, if you, you can, you don't have to name the, the, the exact site, but give me an example and what they gained from it. Well, but let's touch on the one that's installing as we speak, the big one I told you about. Yeah. Um, the, the big ones for them were definitely cost and speed of construction. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wanted to do something different. The world's been building conventionally for the, the same way for 100 years. Yeah. They wanted to do something different. And we showed them that this new approach, and we've never done it before, and they took a chance on us. And we showed up, and we gave them the quote, and that quote is solid. It's not going to change. We're not going to go over budget and charge them more once we get to the job site. So they love the cost certainty of it. That was a big portion of it. And then uh, the speed of construction. When we promised them that we would, for our very first big project, would hit the schedule that they're looking for mm-hmm. um, and be, be able to keep their budget where it is, that was huge. So they took a chance. And as, like I said, it's stalling as we speak. We are hitting our schedule. And the, so far, the feedback has been um, great from the customer, from the, the general contractor involved. And I would say those are the two big ones for this project. And um, would they be the willing? Would they be willing to just do at some point do testimonials if other people want to reach out to them to get their firsthand, you know, input? I uh, haven't asked them yet, um, but once complete, I would be willing to say that the answer to that would be yes. Okay. Um, overall cost savings, say compared to their other sources for the same parts of the construction phase, ten percent, twenty, thirty. What was it roughly? On this big one, um, compared to, I think, the comparable, which was conventional construction, I would imagine all, all things included, uh, labor, um, I, I don't actually know that number, but I'd, I'd be guesstimating at 10 to 20% less Okay. for us. Yeah, it, for them to use you instead. And on, I don't know, yeah. how, how big is the project? What are the dollar amounts? 350000 uh, Yeah, 350000 and uh, the square foot uh, footprint for that project was, I think, around... Uh, Eight, no, it was it was actually um, eighteen hundred lineal feet. I believe was the project size. I don't know what. That yeah, eighteen hundred lineal feet or eighteen thousand square feet okay. was their overall space. So we're talking maybe fifty, sixty thousand dollars in savings if you're between ten and twenty percent, right? Oh yeah, when you factor in the labor and yeah, the freight, it adds up really quickly. Okay, we're moving in here. I got about what eight minutes left, Eric. Is that usually we we we, we, we knock off a two minutes till I forget. I always forget. You got it. Okay. What do you know? I remember this time. Yes. Okay. So um, um, the industry, Ken, you brought up a direction of the industry's heading, embracing this type of thing. Maybe I, is, did I hear you right, Ken? Absolutely. Um, with the retirement of the baby boomers, four tradesmen that are retiring, there's only one young kid entering from the other end. So as we go, there's going to be less and less tradesmen out there. So with our system, it takes less people to install, and it does it faster. So there's some huge advantages there. Oh, that makes um, we sense. We talked about how the architects love our tools yeah, uh, because they're the same tools that they use. Well, the general contractors uh, love this system also because they can install it. 
They don't have to send all their carpenters or, or their workmen up to the factory for a week of training. We can give them some training on site, and it's so uh, close to conventional construction, they just pick up on it super fast. I see that. So the it's general just, contractor yeah. is embracing that they can install it, and that's, that's huge. That's a step away from the modular. Modular had its benefits, but one of the downsides was having to learn a whole new system. It, it, having it, to learn a whole new system, okay. and then you'd have to get certified as an installer. And, right. And, uh, and uh, yeah, the general contractor thought we were trying to take their work. Now they can do all the work. And now, do you work only with steel, or if somebody came in and said, we want to do this all with, you know, two-by-fours, and you know, or is it all steel only? Well, we do use aluminum, and that, that will be for, uh, like, uh, glass walls and such. I was mixed up. So you use aluminum, not steel? In, inside of the wall, we use steel. Okay. But, but we still do use some aluminum. All right. Would that be correct, Jordan? Yeah, so for our glass wall component, those are going to be aluminum components. Okay. For our solid wall components, where you'd be adding your electrical and your whatnot, those are steel components. Okay. Anything else about the industry, you know, direction it's headed, some things that are going on that you guys think should be brought up? Okay, if not, I'll well, move on. I got one other thing. Your competition. Okay, your competition, of course, is the traditional building industry, which does the things that I told you I used to do. You know, here comes the lumber. Uh, and then the, and Dirt has been a very successful company, as you mentioned, half-billion-dollar company. They have to have been doing something right. They must have been embraced by a couple of people out there. Right now, what is your competition other than those two? You got anybody else that's doing anything similar to you, or are you pretty much a maverick, a one of a out-of-the-gate first? We are certainly the only ones that have digitized this construction approach. Interesting. Uh, that's why Ken earlier Conventional construction on steroids, we are definitely the front runner, and uh, there's nobody doing what we're doing right now. Okay, well, that's pretty interesting. Do you have anything else you'd like to add just that you think is important? we got about five minutes to talk. Yeah, uh, um, we talked about how architects and general contractors and end users have been embracing bulk. Bulk, since it's more like conventional construction, there's a bigger market for us to go after than a modular market. If you don't need to move your walls around and reconfigure your walls, why are you paying for that extra expense? Uh, most of the modular walls that we have built, we might have, in 15 years, reconfigured three jobs. So all those other customers were paying for the modular uh, components when they didn't need it. I see. Um, okay. Huge, huge difference. By the way, I'm, um, um, is, is it when uh, this is Ken – have, who's coming to um, Belby to meet with me and, and Scott? That will be uh, Mogens Mad. Mogens, okay. Um, that's the founder of Dirt and the founder of Falk. Okay, and that's um, Jordan's father, I assume. That's correct. Mogan, yep. M-O-G-A-N, right? The reason I bring it up on air here is that when you come into town, if there's anybody out there listening, any designers, architects, developers, builders, and you're really interested in meeting one-on-one of the founder of Dirt and the founder of this new company, Falk Built, they are going to be in town meeting with a company that I'm associated with who works with builders. They capitalize and um, finance building development and other types of building projects. And we're going to be talking to the president for two hours about Falk Built. And um, we haven't got that scheduled yet, but if you're interested, because they'll be in town, do uh, you think, Mogan, Ken, would you guys make time if somebody else wanted to meet with you? Absolutely. I mean, you're flying out here from Calgary and you're flying down from Alaska. You might as well make the best of it, right? Absolutely. Okay. So probably yep. the, the, probably right now, since we'll make it one point of contact, 
for, since I'm going to be arranging all these appointments, probably if you're interested and you're listening in this, email me, gmckim at lonezilla.com. That's G-M-C-K-I-M at lonezilla.com. And then when I know the schedule, I'll also forward you Ken's email. I just want to have too many things on air here. It just gets kind of confusing for everybody. But I'm going to come back to, if you're interested in, in learning more about Falkbilt, go to falkbilt.com. That's F-A-L-K-Built.com. That's B-U-I-L-T. If you want to reach me for any reason, you can call. You can email me at gmckim, that's G-M-C-K-I-M, at lonezilla.com. You can reach me off air at 206 250 Six five four five, and I'm just going to repeat. If you're interested in meeting with the founder of both Dirt, which is doing it right this time, which is a modular com- home um, interior uh, construction company, or Falkbuilt, which is seems to be the a, a brand new technology that runs circles around everything else, um, the founder of the company, Morgan Smith, is going to be in town here. I'm not. I haven't got a target date for that yet, Ken. But within the next month, right? We're thinking, right? That's correct. That's the goal. Okay, well, we're getting pretty close to um, signing off here. So I think what I'm going to do is is um, bid you guys farewell, and thank you very much for coming on the show. I look forward to seeing you again in the near future, Ken. Jordan, someday in the future, maybe I will be making a move to Calgary. We'll see. <laughs> well, uh, Greg, thank you for having us, and you're always welcome to come check out what we're doing. Well, maybe I'll make an excuse next time I'm up in Michigan, you've, you know, you know, visiting United Wholesale Mortgage to figure out a way to swing by. By the way, I was in Calgary in the year 2000. I had LASIK eye done up there. LASIK eye, um, you know, vision, uh, whatever it's called. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and the reason I picked it is because Canada has been doing it for a lot longer than they had in the U.S. for a lot less money. And then I made a little That's vacation right. out of it. I went up and did some hiking up in, you know, the, the National Forest, Banff, and I went out on that, you know, what is it called, Lake Louise? Is that it? Beautiful. Yeah, you got it. And then I Lake went Louise. river rafting, did a whole bunch of stuff, and then I got my eyes done and came home, and I— yeah, for a while there, I could see 2015 vision. I was like an eagle. Nice. <laughs> Not quite nice. the same anymore, but it's been, geez, 20 years almost, and I still don't need, uh, other than reading glasses, but that's because I'm old. That's a whole different story. So, so Greg, uh, our plan is to get you back to Calgary, and uh, we'd like to have all your uh, general contractors come back also that you work with. Well, you know, when we so, meet together, we'll talk about all these things. I'm excited about it. And I really appreciate you guys. I'm going to have to start signing off now. There's a kind of a protocol we have here in the radio world. So thank you very okay. much. And, again, you guys take care. And thanks for being on my show. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks. Bye. So you've been listening to Home Talk with Greg McKim. We air each Tuesday at 3 p.m. on 1150 a.m. KKNW. This is the show where we talk about anything that has to do with ownership, home ownership from soup to nuts. Thank you very much for tuning in, and I hope, See you again next week.